0: Hello friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Hayden Bo.
1: Simon Chang.
0: And Simon's filling in for Steffi today. She is in a boxing camp. We're here in Las Vegas and there's way too many cool people here to not do some podcasts. So thanks Simon for filling in. Um, Today we have Joe Sullivan on the podcast. Uh, Most of you guys I'm sure know Joe. If you don't, he is a great writer. He's done some writing for Elite FTS. He is the uh, world record holder in the 220 weight class uh, for squat with 822 pounds, which is ridiculous. Um, On this episode, we talked to him about coaching, um, about some unique new ways of coaching uh, on the Discord platform Um, This is a good balance of nerding out on some stuff uh, as well as just some fun general meathead talk. As always, make sure you screenshot this episode when you're you're listening to it. uh, Put it in your story. Tell us something you like about it. uh, Tag Hybrid Unlimited. Tag me. Tag Simon Chang. And you'll automatically be uh, entered into a draw to potentially win an entire drop from Hybrid Legacy Brand. Uh, That's all for housekeeping. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the northern Rockies. Check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by BEAM. BEAM is committed to producing high-quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. BEAM creates products to support four main categories – balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Hey, welcome back. What's up, man? It's your second, second time second, on second. Hybrid Unlimited? Different, different locale, <coughs> different weather. Yeah. You caught us also. we were I think we were really early into it, weren't we, see? When we did the first one with him in Ohio. We were like fresh podcasters now we're almost yeah. 100 episodes deep fuck
2: god you guys are doing a lot of these we've been cranking mm-hmm. them out That's awesome <laughs> over
0: over quarantine we were doing like quarantine whatever yeah. that means yeah. in miami it yeah. was like a two month period kind of mm-hmm. we did like two uh, a week every week and just got them all out nice which was pretty fun yeah, but it's yeah awesome. we're here in vegas mm-hmm. apparently everybody's here in vegas everybody now. moved yeah.
2: for some reason
0: so what are you doing here
2: uh well Basically, I, last podcast we recorded was actually at a gym that I was formerly involved with, uh, and I got out of that for a variety of reasons. And uh, Bree and I, Brianni Terry, uh, she and I are dating, and I was like, well, I've done a lot in Columbus. Uh, I've achieved a lot of things in Columbus, and there's not much left for me to do here, so I'm tired of the cold vegas sounds cool i got some friends out here so i packed up and moved and i actually uh, locked down a house that i'm moving into uh on june one uh, i got that phone call last friday so damn that that's was pretty quick exciting. congrats yeah, yeah thank yeah.
0: you congrats congrats what's
2: like the biggest culture
0: shock or like change you're noticing coming from ohio to vegas so
2: culture shock would pro- well the <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a funny story it's i would first off i'd say like probably like the not Kind of the diversity, but not the diversity. It's just like, because Columbus itself was very, very diverse. It was like a very, um, like big city, small, big city feel. Uh, So it was very cool. That's why I like Columbus so much. But like near the end, because uh, quarantine and COVID and all that stuff, nobody was out and about. So it was just like you were seeing people in your close circle. And then anything around Columbus, it's just cornfield very... Very conservative, very like trump <clears> twenty twenty four fucking God king, whatever the fuck I don't know, <laughs> and I, I I don't care like whatever don't have to get into that, um, but just coming here it's very it's much more diverse, there's a lot more culture, um a lot more it just seems like a lot of different things to experience, but the biggest culture shock because i don't I don't go out that often, I don't like go out and party, but like I do, and it's like coming like occasionally and coming to Vegas, I was like well let's let's go hang out with some people. The motherfuckers out here, they don't go to the bar until midnight.
0: Yeah, nothing yeah. closes. Miami's like that too. It's, yeah. Dude,
2: I'm texting a couple of my bodybuilder friends cuz I have I have a lot of people <laughs> that moved from like San Diego and LA to Vegas about a year or so ago, like just kind of getting out of California cuz nobody seems to want to live in California now. <laughs> right. And I'm linking up with these guys and they're like, "Oh, we'll meet here at like 11:45." And I'm like, Tomorrow, <laughs> and they're like, "Nah, tonight." Like, and damn, I'm like, these guys are starting early. What the m? fuck? And yeah. it's like, we get there and we don't leave the freaking club until like five in the morning. And I'm like, I can't live here. <laughs> I'm gonna die. And like, it's it's it w- it was fun, but that was the biggest like like walking into it and like hanging out with these guys and having a lot of fun because it was like we were with a lot of like IFBB pros and whatever. And it's just, like, very different than what I'm used to. But I'm like, I don't know if I can survive this. Because it, this, this, this ain't me. The Midwest boy in me is fucking <laughs> crying right now. But it, but it was fun. It's it's very cool. And it's just the coolest thing about Vegas is that the strip is available to you. So, like, if you want to go out and, like, go see the sites and, like, do the city living type shit, you can do it whenever you want to. But then, like, I was talking to Simon earlier about... There's incredible hiking out here. Like Vegas isn't just the strip. It's beautiful surrounding area. The weather is it's dry heat, so it's hot, but it's fucking beautiful all the time. And like it's hard to be unhappy or depressed when you can walk outside and just soak the sun in for an hour yeah. any day, any day of the week you need to. That so dry heat really yeah. Dangerous yeah. Yeah, it like is dangerous though. Like
0: day 1 when I was here, I'm just <clears throat> I was pretty much outside all day, mm-hmm. my dumb white self, mm-hmm. <laughs> and thought cuz I felt comfortable I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. At one point, I came into his bathroom or something. Look in the mirror, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I, yeah, the same, you know? same thing to me. Man. <laughs> you don't, don't even Irish sweat. Irish complexion, and <laughs> ah, yeah.
2: oh, it's not that hot. It's fine. And then you're like, "Oh shit!"
0: Yeah, my background's yeah. all pasty too. Yeah. I'm Australian, Irish, Finnish. Yeah, not oh, an not an ounce of color in any of those. So yeah, in Miami, you're outside for ten minutes, and you're like, "I feel like I'm getting burnt." So I'm going to yeah. go in. And know. you
1: need to change your clothes and everything. You're just soaked. But I, I, I was thinking right when I came here, I'm like, I can see how Stan started the 10 minute walks because I'm like, it's so easy just to go outside and walk. Yeah. It's just you just want to go outside and walk with yep. how nice it is, and then yeah, obviously it's, it's you don't want to be outside again for like longer than 10 minutes because you don't even know you're just burnt.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, in Miami too, it's just like the the humidity does. <clears throat> something to like your energy level that mm-hmm. just is not the same as a dry heat. Like a 10 minute walk feels laborsome in Miami in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. If like, yeah. you get back and you're like, your, perceive, your perceived level of exertion is like far beyond what mm-hmm. you actually put yourself yeah. through. RP of walking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's
2: like an RP 10 walk around the block. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, super nice. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, Hunter was saying that <coughs> earlier. Like she, she the other day, she ended up walking like an hour and fifteen minutes out here, just listening to music. Got like kind of in a little groove and just didn't stop because it's so easy to. Yeah. yeah, in Miami, it's like you're breathing in water, and it's like, <laughs> nah, not it.
0: Yeah, the winter is where it's at in Miami. Yeah. But you know, it was a big culture shock for me here. Mm. The homeless people. Yeah, they're confident. And aggressive, aggressive in Miami, you you'll see homeless people who are either honestly just pretty normal, or mm. you get the occasional like crazy one that's talking to themselves, but kind of mm. keeps to themselves. Yeah, here they're like really in your face, mm-hmm. especially on the strip. We had guys on bicycles doing drive by screams at us, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> all kinds of crazy it's, shit.
2: It's it's wild because like I I know I know you Hayden know this feeling because like we're both like we I don't I don't even we're like we're with Very, very hot partner, very, very (laughs) physically attractive, conventionally attractive. Like, you know, everybody is like, wow, that chick is hot. And a lot, some people possess the confidence to verbalize that. (laughs) And sometimes those people are homeless dudes that are on a lot of crack or shit. (laughs) We're walking downtown on the strip and these dudes are aggressive and vivid because they're like, they will yell about, like, I just remember, and this is. Pardon, pardon the uh, the I don't I don't know how to say it, but just pardon my fucking brashness of language. <laughs> but this dude was fucking screaming, and he's like, "I hope you blank blank like a black man to that hot one over there." Oh my! Debris. And I'm just like, I'm like <laughs> dying laughing, <laughs> and you just think it's gonna stop, but it doesn't stop. They're wow. ju- they're just they're on a mission, and like they just want to talk to you, and, and that's sometime, crazy because yeah. it's in front of you. Yeah, and it's just like what. Wow! Because yeah, it's imagine wild what they Vegas. must do when when no girls are by themselves yeah. and stuff. It's amazing, but that's wild. That's, it's a funny, funny world out here. But did you know that there's actually a tunnel network in Vegas because this is actually a flood floodplain. So like, if it rains, which it never does here, right? There, it will like the tunnels will like basically like drive the water elsewhere. That's where a majority of the homeless people live in Las Vegas. They're like literal, literally inside the tunnel systems. Wow, and it's crazy because if there was ever a flood, like ever they're a rainstorm, there, there, they would like it would be like Hurricane Katrina. They would like all die. Has that ever happened? I don't think so. But wow. it's it's just an, like I never knew that before moving out here. Because if you if you go downtown, like you don't you see homeless people, but there's not like it's not like California or, or right like, where there's like a like, shanty yeah, town, yeah, yeah. And you're just, you're kind of like where where are they? But it's like they're in the tunnel system, and it's crazy. It's crazy wow. that that's even a thing. But.
0: Is that what those sort of like big V-shaped things <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like are, like the concrete things? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. There's one yeah. right over there. Yeah, We're yeah, looking at yeah. it, being like,
2: I wonder what that's for. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like, like, don't. But if you wanted to, like, walk down there, you'd <laughs> probably find like a fucking like a little down. town. Yeah. Wow. So it's crazy.
0: Wow, man. Uh, how's your training been like since you've been out here? I know uh, We were dealing with an injury before. we yeah, talk about was, that.
2: Yeah, I was going to. So I basically I signed up for the Kern, the U.S. Open, um, on a whim because actually at uh, the Hybrid Showdown, uh, Bree competed, kicked ass, broke the all time world record deadlift again, awesome, mm-hmm. but. Um, I was talking to <coughs> Ranson Lee who uh, is another 220 competitor and he was basically just shit talking saying that he was a better wrapped lifter than I was and I was just I was kicking around the idea of like signing up for a practice meet before the showdown just to do something because mm-hmm. my training was feeling good everything was cool and then Ranson just kind of irked me a little bit, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to show this motherfucker. I signed up for the Kern, um, and this is after me being... Like, I very vocally don't like raps. I like how strong I am in raps, but, like, they're for me, they're too unpredictable, Um, and I just think, like, 99% of people that use raps shouldn't be in raps because they literally just don't have the strength nor, like, stability nor just technical proficiency... Of like a raw squat to put the wraps on and do anything worthwhile in them, but the meat is wrapped. I wanted to win, so I put wraps on, and I ended up um, on one of my squat sets. Uh, I tweaked something in my calf. Uh, on one week, I hit seven eighty two for a triple, and it was super easy. And I just thought I thought it was like just a weird little strain or something. And I've had stuff like weird compression injuries from wraps before, and I was just like, ah, it's, it's whatever. It's not going to be anything. And then on my warm ups next week I hit like 770 and I felt something like pop and tear in the calf and I was like fuck alright that's probably bad let's kind of keep an eye on it see what happens. I woke up the next day and my that calf and ankle was like twice the size of the oh, other yeah. ones and I was starting to get like the purple bleeding out into my heel and my Achilles area and even behind the hamstring a little bit. So it was um, I got imaging done and it was like a grade two grade three to the soleus um, which is the muscle that like when you're in hip flexion or knee flexion it's what kind of like controls uh, eversion and inversion so like the the rolling outside or mm-hmm. inside of the foot um, and it just decided to explode so it's' <clears throat> Did you need surgery or anything? No, it's I've basically just been throwing a lot of fucking pip, I don't know if I can talk about this stuff, but like pep, peptides like BPC one fifty seven TB five hundred into it, and it's Does great it it, a lot. Like, and I feel I'm pretty much back to full functionality. Um, it's just it it will hurt occasionally. Like, there's a spot actually where the tear happened, and I can poke it, and it like hurts. But like most everything I can do, because it didn't completely separate, and I've been I've been squatting, I just haven't been, I can't have any compression on it, and I was talking to a buddy of mine. I honestly don't know if I'm gonna be able to put sleeves on the way it feels now. Even like, that level of compression, yeah, just yeah, any compression. Yeah, so I I don't know, but I'm I'm the guy that's like when my sleeve squat isn't that much different than my naked knee squat either, so it's just kind of. We'll see what happens. I'm just glad that I'm training right now. Yeah. yeah, you know. But um, it. I ended up pulling out of the Kern, and me and Bree just went and helped out, and uh, ha- like uh, helped handle some lifters. I had I was coaching some people, and everybody did well. So it was it was still fun being out there. But I was I was bummed that I wasn't able to compete. So
0: how how was that meet? It looked like they really stepped up the production uh, it, this year, which so, is nice to so see. So that
2: that's the key word there. Um, the production. Incredible, and I've I've still been meaning to make a post about this, but it's always like it's always hard to because like you know you're gonna like say something and then someone's gonna disagree and it's gonna be like a whole thing, but um, (laughs) like I just get tired, man. Yeah, you
0: you got to be in a mood. Yeah, exactly. You got to be in a mood. Like, just give me a break for this one post. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: But um, but uh, the production quality, it felt like a professional. It felt like the Super Bowl of powerlifting. Like mm-hmm. because there was the whole main card thing and if you guys aren't familiar with that, it was basically like the meet was a Wilkes an invite only meet. So only people that hit like a required Wilkes were invited. But then even further, the last flight of the last flight of whether it was a squat bench or deadlift, that was determined by Wilkes as well. So it wasn't weight class based, it was the strongest of the strongest, according to body weight, they were put into the last flight, which was called the main card. For the main card, more lights were turned down. There was like extra spotlight and like basically these like fireworks, the pyrotechnics, spark, the pyrotechnics yeah, I saw things. That. And it looked it looked corny, like it it, it was kind of corny. But everybody who was there was like, "This is the coolest goddamn thing!" Because it made those lifters in the main card feel like they were a big deal, you know? And it's like, it it was kind of like, I I felt like that's what at least the production level, along with the live stream, along with like the commentating by Garrett, uh, uh, Garrett fear. Like it felt as though that was actually a professional high quality production. And they felt like professional athletes in that moment, which was awesome. That's a key. That was like, that needs to happen at the showdown coming up in September. I'm completely set on like that's something that needs to be incorporated. The, the mocked up showdown, uh, end of September, that big sleeve money meet. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, I know there's like eight showdowns. I know, but, um, <laughs> but, um but I think that, we were at first. Yeah, I, don't know.
1: I remember I don't know. Fuck it was them. the hybrid showdown, and yeah. then a few months later, it uh-huh. was the other showdown. But yeah. Yeah. it's such a it's a good beat name. So It is. I don't know. So you know. Dude,
0: there's, there's only so You can yeah, showdown,
2: throwdown, <laughs> cup, Why? beat, I, I slam, I, people just slam. Because pe- this is what it always boils down to. People need to just be like, the hybrid beat. It's the hybrid beat. Yeah. Or right. like... The, the Kern, you know, yeah. like st- it stop fucking throwing taglines on it. Just say what the fuck it is. I, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I like I support yeah. the movement. Yeah. But um, but if the production quality was incredible, it felt like an actual professional event. The problem with that was it seemed as though like that is what the majority of the focus was on because the warm up room was relatively disorganized um, mm. and there was no the biggest gripe that I had and that anyone had with. With it was the fact that there was no like screen in the warm up room, so there were a lot of lifters that like either were close to timing out, did time out, or didn't oh, know wow. like what so the order. coaches had to like run out front yeah, to look literally at main had, board like, and like, like it was 2007 and had to like run that's out, tough. run back, run out, run back, <coughs> timing with wrapping, <laughs> timing with warm ups like that. It was it was difficult, yeah. But yeah. And, and that's but that's that's the thing, that's an easy adjustment, an easy change. Sure, if, yeah. if they do that for next year, it and keep up the production quality, gonna set the standard for meets. And that's why, like the showdown, the the bucked up showdown, the one in Kansas City, Missouri, they did that so well. The the logistics and the management of the warm up room, along with like the expediting, literally ten out of ten couldn't have been better. And if they took the organization of that crew, like J.P. Price, uh, Greeno, um, mm-hmm. Luke Bright, those guys, and then put some kind of focus on the production quality uh, that like it's it basically like this is the direction powerlifting needs to go in order for it to be like a professional sport. And I yeah. don't know if it's ever going to be a professional sport. And I'm doing a hell of a lot of air quotes right now and <laughs> fucking audio mediums. But um, if it's ever going to be, that's what needs to happen. So it was cool to it's cool to see it. It's cool to be a part of it. And I really feel like stuff is trending in a really really neat direction for the sport of powerlifting these days yeah Yeah. i I really like the idea of the main card
0: because uh like based off of wilks because in those meets that's who's going for the money so you Mm want to see everybody everybody go head to head exactly you know the way that it's set up traditionally now it's like imagine if you went to a football game and you're there to see you know your favorite pro football team and they're like all right, cool. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But first you're gonna watch a few uh, a few uh, what's it called? Quarters of like the minor leagues. You know? Yeah. And yeah. you're like, but, but why? You yeah. know? And like I, oh and I have weekend. to be here all day. So it's like now you have people if you're like a true powerlifting just lover of the sport, or if you have people who are in the earlier uh, sessions you can come in and, and watch and be there all day if you want, but to have the option to kind of just show up and Mm-hmm. Like watch your favorite people. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I like the main card a lot, especially with the weight class differences. And when you are going for Wilkes, it's you have people in the lighter class they hit their Wilkes, and then two hours later you have their heavier weight classes doing their final deadlift. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. trying to calculate. Well, and it's also what such an doing.
0: advantage to be able to be like, oh, that's what I have to beat from the morning. Exactly. Yeah, and then you get yep. to go do. I try to do that. So yeah, yep. and
1: even just as a spectator, when you're watching that, it's oh, what did this person hit? What does this next person have to hit? two hours later or whatever mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah the The organization is good it's, it's good to see people taking those um strides especially because <coughs> the u.s open prior to this one i guess that would have been two years ago yeah um took a lot of heat for mm-hmm. the level of of the meat because they had that flappy platform mm-hmm. and all that stuff yeah. so it's good to see them listening and mm-hmm. and applying that yeah absolutely yeah. hayden
1: and i have spoke about this a few times but we like the direction, as you're saying, just as them treating it as a professional sport. I think mm-hmm. that's how you get it to go even further. Just already treat it like that. Yeah, um, sort of like
0: a dress for the role you want. Yeah, exactly, yeah, a dress of, yeah. for the role you want.
1: And then, again, there's just that's where there's more spectators coming in, then there's more money coming in, whatever, mm-hmm. and more people want to go. Just from that feeling, as you are saying, you feel like a professional athlete just from all those things. And mm-hmm. that experience is what keeps people like,
0: saying that was the best meat ever this episode is brought to you by stay classy meats stay classy meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the northern rockies they are an athlete focused meat company uh, always never ever no hormones no antibiotics they source from ranchers who are for the animals to free range graze in low stress environments on nutrient rich regenerative grass montana is known for having very productive farmland and the nutrient-rich grass consumed by the animals is passed on to us. They cater to athletes who require the best quality products to put in their bodies. Nutrition is the base of our existence. The better the quality of the inputs, the less stressed out our bodies will be, and the more efficient they will run. Quality, convenience, small batch. That's Stay Classy Meats. Check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high-quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation as a hybrid unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code hybrid in all caps. So check them out. That's beam and use code hybrid in all caps for 15% off. Yeah. And I think you can get away with, like, I think some places have made the mistake of getting some money to, to support the meat, but then it, Goes directly into payouts, mm-hmm. which is great because it attracts people and everybody loves making money. But I think you get a better all-around return for actually taking a lot of that money and investing it in the quality of the meat, yep. because that makes everybody at the meat feel a lot more appreciated mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. the one guy who walks away with twenty k, thirty k because he he won.
2: Yep. You know. And and how sustainable is that? Because like if you're handing that one dude a check, but then you're just it costs such and such to actually put the production on. And then you just break even. It's like, well, how are we going to do it next year? You know? Yeah. And it yeah. should be about, like, what powerlifting is five to ten years in the future, not, like, what it is right now. Or, like, how Dan Bell or John Hack or Chad Penson can walk out with, like, $20,000. It should be, like, how can we ensure that those guys walk out with, like, 80000 a 100000 in five, ten years from now.
0: Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's lacked a lot of long term thinking, but I yeah. think it's coming around. Who is your favorite person to see at the showdown? Like, who do you think kind of put on the
2: best show? With uh, the showdown or the sorry, the, uh, the the current. Um, well, I'm biased. Well, I, there's a couple. I'm gonna give you a couple, but I'm biased because one of my one of my really good friends, uh, Chad, he won it. Chad Penson, and like I, I, I'll tell you a funny story because like I'm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen me compete, but, like, when I compete, I'm not, like, an angry guy. Mm -hmm. I literally, like, blast my music, like, smoke a couple of joints, get, like, high (laughs) as fuck and, like, groove out and get, like, this weird God complex where I'm, like, I am the fucking best. Like, I am fucking... Jesus Christ reincarnated, and I am having a great day. <laughs> Fuck yeah, and I'm just dancing around. I was at the 2019 uh, Boss of Bosses meet at uh, bo- at Boss Barbell, and uh, Chad was competing there. And I had never met Chad before; had no idea who he was. And people, I knew that like people were kind of talking about this Chad Benson dude, King uh-huh. Benson lifts on IG, and I'm like, oh, this piece of shit has King in his name. Fuck this guy, <laughs> you know. And like talking about like, oh, he's a sleeper, he's an underdog, or whatever. And I'm sitting there warming up and I'm like, I'm kind of near a monolith and some guy walks in and he's like, hey, uh, Chad Penson needs to warm up. Can we like move back a little bit? And I was like, I I looked up and I'm like just dancing to some fucking song. And like, I look at this guy and then I look at Chad and I know who Chad is, but then I look at Chad and I'm like, who the fuck is Chad (laughs) Penson? And I just laugh, and then, like, it was this funny thing, and now, like, it's this recurring joke. I keep saying, like, who the fuck is Chad Benson? <laughs> but after he hit at 198, weighed in at, like, 196, and I'm just, I'm proud that I was able to help him with, like, any level of his training or his cut or fucking recomp or the meat day or whatever, him and uh, his fiance Bria, they both kicked ass, but Chad, at 196, squatted 881, Insane. benched 518 deadlifted 804, totaled 2,199 pounds, one pound, I think that's what it is, I might be wrong, but he was really, really close to a 2,200 fucking pound total at 198, that's insane, and it's like everybody knows who the fuck Chad Penson is, because he's, I think he's like top five, maybe number two, like all time ever men's. Like buy body weight ever. I think number two now. Yeah, yeah. That's disgusting. And it's just like the the motherfucker he and I are talking and he's like, Yeah, I got I got a goal. I wanna hit a thousand at one ninety eight and then move up to two twenty and I'm like it's like that's fucking otherworldly to think about. But I'm like what, God what, damn it, said I
0: think he can fucking do it. Oh, you were on board. Yeah.
2: I probably a lot of people thought he was crazy that's the thing it's like (laughs) it's these insane goals that are just so completely unreasonable but then like you just keep chipping away at it and keep chipping away at it and it gets to be like from a point where it's like that's absolutely impossible to be like ah that's not really likely and then you hit 881 and then like looked like you could hit 904 and it's just kind of like fuck I don't know maybe you can do it (laughs) it's like ah fucking try dude but uh Watching Chad lift, hanging out with him, like, doing the whole thing. We ended up staying, like, an extra week and just stayed with Chad and Bria, and it was a fun fucking time just just screwing off and, like, hanging out. Um, But watching Chad was awesome. Bria kicked ass. Uh, Somebody that I honestly didn't know – Prior to the current, Brie mentioned her, but like I had no idea who she was. But she's like one of my just one of my favorite characters now. Um, is Janessa Labati or Labot. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she hit the all time world record deadlift at one forty eight. She pulled like five sixty eight, I think, Jeez. something yeah. like that. But she's like she's just this really sweet, like chill. Cool girl, you know, and she's just like hanging out and having fun, you know, had a killer day. Um, and it was just super fun to watch. And I'm, I'm like an emotional basket case. Like, I'm Irish. So, like, you tell me like a story about how, like, you and your dad had like this super heart, heartfelt moment, and I'll start fucking crying. Like, I'm just, just <laughs> emotional idiot. But, like, I'm, but I was, I was helping out, just like yelling at people throughout the whole day. And, uh, I, <laughs> Janessa hit that deadlift, and she locks it out. It was a grinder, like, at the top, lockout super slow, like, fucking... Lo- like, all the internet said it looked like dog shit. Looked like a fucking all-time world record to me, but whatever. But, um, <laughs> she lot like, just the, her form, because her backgrounded, but she still got it. So it's like, what the fuck ever. But locks it out, sets it down, fucking freaks out. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is so cool. And then her mom jumps over the little fucking barrier and hugs her oh, you're gonna and they both cry. start crying. And I'm just like, huh, and I'm like, I gotta go. And then Bree's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. This fucking cool, man. Oh, but it was, yeah, it, it was really awesome. Cool. It was super cool. It was super great. Um, but yeah, Janessa was super fun to watch and everybody was fun to watch. Like it was, it was awesome. You know, there, there was a lot of high quality lifting, a lot of fun shit going on all day. That's cool. Yeah. I
0: thought, uh, Chad was such an interesting one because he just kind of came out of left field. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knew he was good, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and that. But then to put up that total, I, I don't sp- think people were even considering him like to have the chance to win. I know. And then he did his squat, and people were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. it was He's
1: more, in the game. Uh, yeah." Hack and Dan, Dan Bell, especially Chad competed at at the hybrid showdown, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think what he worked five eighty ish, and Something. then. You know, yeah. Weeks later, six forty something.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, which well, is incredible. Cause, yeah, because people like don't, like Chad's in the military, so his uh-huh. shits all over the place a lot of the time. So like going into hybrid, uh, I think he had like some different role or something. So like he was he wasn't able to train as consistently. Mm-hmm. Then going into the current, he was on an actual schedule and actually like got his meals in, got his training in, yeah. got enough sleep. And just fucking found his groove and went after it, and it was it was crazy. It's amazing
0: yeah. to see that because you think once you're already at a super high level, like a guy like that is, mm-hmm. you're like, how much more can dialing all that stuff in really do? And mm-hmm. people, I, I think, think it's only a few
2: percent, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's a big difference. It's mm-hmm. a Huge really difference. big difference. Yeah, hundred pound total PR. When you already total two thousand pounds, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking big. <laughs> yeah, so That's insane, it's yeah. big in one year, and he did yeah. it in a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's great Yeah, literally eight weeks. I forget how how soon that or how recent yeah. that was. Yeah, what a turnaround. Yeah, crazy. Uh,
1: was- we were talking a bit about the squat difference between wraps and sleeves. I noticed he he has a really good squat in wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Just because I know he did sleeves and then he went to wraps from like hybrid to the kern.
2: Mm-hmm. well um the so like what do i think about it in terms of chat or what do i think about it in terms because i know of you said like general?
1: say 99 percent of people shouldn't be in yeah. raps or something like that
2: that's that's kind of that's kind of why i don't necessarily think most people should be in raps because it people the the problem with the rap division is that people still consider it to be raw Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not raw because it is literally another layer of material that is giving you artificial elastic tension in the hole and pushing you out of it. It adds stabilization that you can't produce by your own body, and it adds power, rebound, and force production that you can't produce with your own body, bottom line. Because my best squat in sleeves is 822 and I was – had I stayed healthy, I was I was wanting to hit something above 923 at, at the Kern. And I know that that is – it's because of the wraps. I wouldn't say that I'm a 900 – I'm not a 900-pound raw squatter. I'm a 900-pound squatter in wraps. That's why I'm generally more proud and more impressed personally by – big big squats and sleeves because bottom line they are harder um it's more demand on your body and mm-hmm. the reason that i think that i think people a lot of people that are in wraps shouldn't be in wraps is because it gives you that artificial strength whatever for like not saying all the words again uh but if you lose any level of position if you're not incredibly technically proficient you're putting force into into an area that you're not physically prepared for mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if my like let's it might that might have been why my calf blew up because like maybe my foot pronated a little bit my arch collapsed and i just wasn't prepared for it on the third rep of 782 because plot twist i am not able to rep 782 in sleeves like i there's no way that i could do that right now Um, And maybe I collapsed a little bit and the muscle wasn't prepared to handle the load in that position. And I went from handling the load entirely with wraps to partially with wraps and more so my own muscle and shit just blew up. And it's just it's too unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And I ju- generally I think the all, me person and this is a personal opinion, so anybody can disagree with me if they want. But I don't think you should be in wraps unless you legitimately have a shot at a world record in them. Wow. And in order to, and in order to reach that world record strength in wraps, you're probably going <laughs> to have to get a sleeve squat that's like in the 90th percentile, 95th percentile, whatever of everybody else in your weight class. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I think people should build their raw, 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 raw strength first. And then if they ever have serious potential to like do some damage in a weight class, then maybe put the wraps on, but even then, at that point, you can still get a little loose with form, and shit can blow blow up in a way that it wouldn't had you not been in the wrap. So it's just, it's risk versus reward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Wraps
2: yeah, are like a uh,
0: like a, a toxic relationship when you're young. Yeah, you know, yeah. feels good in the moment, super fun, <laughs> super awesome <laughs> yeah. when it's good, yeah. and real bad when it's bad. And you know you shouldn't go back, but you just yeah. you keep yeah, going yeah, back. You
2: can't resist. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's amazing. Um, did you have a other question?
1: I find it interesting too. Um, I know the showdown, aren't they, they're only doing, sorry, the showdown, um, the one in September, it's yeah. only sleeves, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I'm just, I mean, I, I like squatting in sleeves or whatever, and I, but I think still raps are cool, but I like how they're doing that because you can't have someone with raps just win like, cause mm-hmm. they're extremely good at raps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, what do you kind of see with that for people who have been squatting in raps, like say at the current, like because I know all, they're all still doing this showdown, mm-hmm. the showdown. I'm sleeps.
2: I'm really interested to see how it pans out because it could be it it's it's one of those things like the the showdown in Kansas City, it could be sort of like a defining moment for everybody that's like in raps and people are like, well, they're only strong because of the raps, like yeah, blah, blah, blah. they could come in and fucking swing dick and like <laughs> yeah. clean house you know and do awesome i'm i'm hoping that's what happens but then it's also there's a part of me where you can't it's like you have the five-year-old that like keeps putting their hand close to the burner on the stove and you're like hey don't do that hey don't do that and then you just watch them do it again and you're like all right yeah sizzle and they're like oh fuck that hurt and it's like sometimes you gotta let them get burnt you know so if so, if somebody doesn't like the the classic powerlifter phrase like didn't have the day i wanted <laughs> yeah if that if there are a lot of those coming out of the showdown in september well okay maybe adjust your training you know um i just think it's cool that the that meet is kind of giving opportunity to sleeved competitors or people that prefer sleeves to yeah. go after some serious money and some Clout and just like win a big meet uh-huh. as opposed to just the Kern because the Kern has basically started as like the premier money meet in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Like they're the ones that were the first, like, hey, this is the big thing. Um, prior, like, short of the WPO and like Multiply was going on and whatnot, but or more so, but at the Kern, even now, <clears throat> it's only based on total on Wilks. Yeah, so like. If you're in wraps, to your Wilkes counts. Obviously. Yeah, in in wraps, so. your Wilkes uh, is this or is still going to be compared against someone who's in sleeves. So, like for instance, John Hack competed in sleeves at the Kern because he just prefers sleeves. That puts him at an inherent disadvantage, you mm-hmm. know. So, like it kind it doesn't necessarily level the playing field, but it does the best to level the playing field because hack competing against everyone else in sleeves has a much much better chance of winning than hack competing competing against everyone while wearing sleeves while there are a lot more just as amazing lifters competing in wraps mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's just one to one as opposed to like one with a potential handicap that doesn't exist
0: yeah what's his, his reasoning for
2: not wearing wraps like he uh, literally just I prefers th- I, I, t- yeah. I think it's just he prefers it because like in two thousand. I think it was 2018. I think it was that U.S. Open. Um, he tried to wear wraps, and I think he like tore his qu- like had like a minor tear in his quad, mm-hmm. and it just kind of like left him with a bad taste in his mouth, and he just never put him back on. I could be wrong. Like I hope if John hears this or somebody hears this, they can correct me. But I think that's what it was. I think he just kind of like hurt himself or like tweaked something, and then just has because like he doesn't he wants the longevity, he doesn't want to like fuck anything up for the future. Like, he just stays out of them. But, I don't know. That makes sense to me. Do you
1: think they're trying to make, like, a statement in terms of, like, we just want to see more sleeve squats, the showdown meet? Because I know it's almost like, at one point, powerlifting was more just geared powerlifting. Now Mm -hmm. it's slowly going down to classic, and
0: it seems like they're almost weeding out wraps. taking more and more equipment away. Yeah, like,
1: just taking more and more equipment away.
2: I I wouldn't say that that's necessarily, like the absolute intent for what's happening, but it is kind of like a a potential outcome of it. Yeah. Because if you look at the judging standards, the problem with a lot of powerlifting is the judging standards and particularly the depth standards. Because mm-hmm. even at the Kern, there were a lot of squats that were like if that was at the showdown in September, that would have got reds, you know. Yeah. And it's like I, I understand the whole tie goes to the runner thing, but it's like when, right. with with powerlifting, there's always been kind of like, oh, there's a new all-time world record out, and it's like, oh well, let's see the video, and then it's like, oh yeah. god, you <laughs> yeah. know? and it's harder to be like, oh god, that was rough in sleeves because. If you cut depth in sleeves, you're cutting depth in sleeves. You can tell. Whereas if you're in wraps, you can do like the weird, like knees shoot forward, hips kind of push forward, and it looks like you're dunking it, but you're still an inch high. And it's like, oh, fucking bury my squats. And it's like, well,. Technically, if you read the rule book, it's like top of the quad below the top of the knee. It's not amount of knee flexion, which right. is why I still squat high sometimes because I have hella knee flexion because I have short little fucking femurs <laughs> and I have to bend them a lo- like I have to bend my knee a lot to get to depth. But if I don't externally rotate the hips and open up, I can fucking push my knees forward into oblivion and I'll still be air quotes high. So it's just kind of like with The not the prevalence of sleeves, but kind of like the surge of like more, like better, bigger, more competition in sleeves, it seems to kind of be trending towards sleeved is where to be now. And I think personally, I think that's cool because I think like you guys know my opinion on raps because we just went into it. Uh So I hope it keeps happening because it's easier to keep the judging consistent. It's easier to, because the judging is more consistent, it's easier to market it to the general public. And if it's easier to market it to the general public, powerlifting can get more and more and more professional and more, more Mm -hmm. and more professionalized, you know? So I, I think it's a good thing and I think it keeps happening. I think it should keep happening. So
0: it also sort of makes every division more comparable like if you're going from a tested federation mm-hmm. like the IPF, mm-hmm. as soon as you put on wraps, they consider that to be equipped. Yeah. No matter what else you yep. wear, right? So that's usually part of the argument for the gold standard of the IPF is we use less equipment, we have bars that suck, we you know <laughs> all, all that stuff. So I like to see there be a transferability. Someone can walk out of the IPF into you know uh, a tested meet. Or untested meat, and have more similar, uh, you know, more yeah. of a similar experience. Um, so I do think it's overall pretty good for the sport. Yeah. Since you've come here, I mean, you said you had the gym back in mm-hmm. in Ohio, which, uh, by the way, thanks for saving the Arnold that yeah, one year. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun.
2: That was awesome. That was a great. I don't know how you whipped it together so fast, but it came together awesome. A lot a lot of a lot of iced coffee, like we're drinking now. <laughs> and fucking whatever else. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Anybody who's listening, if you. Aren't familiar with what we're talking about? Go back to the last episode we did with uh, Joe and check it out. But um, yeah, now you 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 ditch the gym. Mm-hmm. You moved your whole life here. Mm-hmm. What are you doing now?
2: Uh, ba- well, bas- I mentioned before we got on the podcast. I've kind of like kind of it's it's such a cliche like phrase, but I've kind of like doubled down on myself. Um, because I privatize my website. I have essentially like a private website for my clients and for anyone who doesn't necessarily want to be like a coaching client, Mm -hmm. but wants to have access to me because I, are you guys familiar with discord? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it's basically a private Discord server where there's just, oh, like, cool. I have an unlisted YouTube. You're so hip. I, yeah, it's fucked I had no idea what the fuck this was. No, we, we, but, uh, yeah. we're working on
1: something yeah. for our own platform with Discord, and um, I like all the features and how you can... Because mm-hmm. we have an uh, app team, and we're developing like you can write your own code in there and use bots and things like that and the communication is great and it's such a
2: like make auto moderators and stuff yeah auto
1: moderators assign roles things Mm -hmm. like that and time restrict certain chats Mm -hmm. um, have voice channels
2: the the voice channels are super cool yeah it's just me yelling into my phone it's such a a popular service too
1: (laughs) and I think Just in terms of communication, especially for powerlifting, like say if you're a one-on-one coach, like having something like they have like WhatsApp or Facebook group, but there's so many more features you can do with discord. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and that's, that's why I've loved it so much, you know, and it's, but, but, but yeah, that's the thing. I had no, I knew what it was, but I had no idea how to use it, but it was like, I need, I want to do something. What should I do? And I basically asked people in my demographic and they're like don't fucking do a facebook group do fucking mm-hmm. discord and i'm like what the fuck is discord and then i watch some youtube videos and fu- and just do it and it's i basically made this private service where it's kind of like it if you're a client you get access to it if you're not a client but you want to learn talk to me like maybe have me check your form occasionally talk to my other clients and coaches that i respect and ha- and like am friends with and just bounce ideas off of people then cool and it's it's just it's basically it's 24.99 a month and I have like a bunch of people signed up for it and it's just a really cool community because it's just it's more it, like it's more intimate than uh instagram where like I can do of a and a yeah. on instagram but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in depth if like like somebody is like oh joe like talk about your suicide attempt you know when you were a teenager it's like I don't like I will I'll talk a little bit about it but like it's if someone that's a very it's a it's a question about me but then if if it's in the discord it's private and it's members only and it's actually paid access so if you pay if if you're there you want to be there and you value the service Mm -hmm. so if someone comes to me and says like hey talk about this I can talk about it but then I can go so far as to be like why do you ask that like is like yeah. What's up, dude? You know, it's a bit more like conversation-based, right? And then it's it's kind of, not saying that it's like a consulting service or anything, but it's just that it's more of a secure, sacred environment where people can have like serious conversations about stuff that they might be less than inclined to publicize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's just really cool, and then pair that with like the the queuing and the coaching and whatnot. It's it's a really cool thing, and um, it's really like most of my stuff is remote these days because I basically made the website. I do the uh, interactive podcast Zoom call thing that I was talking about where it's like... Yeah, talk about that. So it's called The Monthly Trip. It's a play on psychedelics because if you don't know me, I'm a big fan of psychedelics. Um I've been microdosing mushrooms for like the past two years, and it's changed my life. It's awesome, um, but you can read about that. Just do do use your Google machines. But um, <laughs> the monthly trip—it's like a, once a month. I have this interactive podcast uh, where it's we do a Zoom call, and it's a total of ninety minutes. Sixty minutes is is published. So it's 60 minutes of it is just like if, if we were on it right now, it would be like us as the guests. We're the only ones having conversation the 30 minutes prior to it. Anyone who is a member of that discord server of the private site gets to meet the guest. So it's a, it's an interactive thing and that's, what's really fucking cool about it because it's like if let's, let's say like you, like Hayden, Simon and Steffi were on it if somebody's in Ireland who's a part of this membership the the membership thing and they're like fuck I really want to meet the hybrid people but they can't get to the United States or whatever it just doesn't make sense but then they're part of the server and then they come out and I'm like hey you guys are going to be on the podcast if you sign up for the members only thing you get 30 minutes to just be like hey I had this question for you you're a super huge inspiration whatever it's basically just opens up the conversation not just to me and you guys, but to me and you guys and every other member of the site. So that's just kind of like a meet and greet thing and every, everybody's really loved it. It's been really cool. So I'm, I'm on like my sixth or seventh one because um, it's still relatively recent and mm-hmm. I do it once a month, so it's not a super frequent thing, but everybody's really enjoyed that and it's just been like, it's been like a really special, just like kind of like, you know, based on based on the gym that I had you know like Mm -hmm. I'm really big on community building and like relationship building and it's just been a really really fun experience and really cool thing to see kind of Come to fruition, so yeah. yeah, I think that's what a lot of athletes
0: and companies really struggle with is getting that like a genuine feeling connection with their audience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually a really cool way to uh, to provide that for people. Yeah, yeah. And
2: that's and it seems pretty unique. Is anyone else doing something anything like that? I don't think so. I I think I'm the first and the only one to be doing something like it. So well, yeah. just, just wait, everyone's going to oh, rip I you know. Off. I know. But, <laughs> that's
1: that's the reason we really like Discord, just because you can create more of a connection as you were saying, and it's more Mm. personal and that's what people are coming on for. Whereas like if you're on a Facebook group, it's, you can only be Mm -hmm. so personal and so say so many things, whereas Mm. discord, you can create so many channels, voice channels or whatever. And, and you know, it's kind of, it's very exclusive. And again, you can be more open to talk about those things. I think that's extremely important in powerlifting, especially nowadays. It's so easy. There's such a low barrier to entry where I can just be a coach by putting something in my bio, like Mm -hmm. coach. Whereas, like this, it's like you're actually coaching when you create that connection and mm-hmm. break down form and know the person personally about their
0: life, what they struggle with, whatever. Yeah. We've um, kind of got forced to move that way because, uh, you know, we launched that program with Matt Frazier, the Hard Work Pays Off program, mm-hmm. and like overnight, 8,000 plus new members. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden that our Facebook group that everybody was getting, like, you know, form check. Okay, next. Now it's like, Everyone, checks. yeah, it's like yeah. a thousand. Well, we're able to keep up with it, but people are just the it's hard for the rest of the community, the rest of the power lifters to find the other power lifters in the mm-hmm. Facebook group because you have a million CrossFitters who are mm-hmm. super hyped, they're all brand new to the program, they have a million questions, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now being able to just set up those different servers and have yeah. powerlifting on one. Yeah crossfit on one like separating it like that is a really cool thing Mm -hmm. so anyone out there who's got a facebook group and it's getting wild discord's the way to go Discord, Discord.
1: it's a a billion dollar business i mean it's not it's not leaving anytime soon Mm -hmm. and yeah there's just so many more features and facebook isn't really made for groups and then especially if you know how to code discord's a game changer or if you
0: hire someone who knows how to code because i don't know how to do shit yeah (laughs) Or you find a guy like Simon who yeah. teaches himself. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, where where can people find you um, on on that website? The uh, website is called theaodcollective.com. dot uh, com. It's the Adapter Die Collective. That's like the brand of my coaching, and it's kind of the whole the whole theme of my life because like I've we, you guys have listened to it all, but it's like had a very uh, uh, tumultuous upbringing, um, and like just whether it's injury or like controversy not controversy but like struggle it's just adapt or die you just Mm -hmm. you either adapt and change and pivot save the Arnold move to Vegas whatever or you Mm -hmm. die you stagnate you stop moving you stop winning uh, and I want to win so theaodcollective.com I am super active on Instagram if you DM me I'll try to get to it eventually if I get I lose shit in my DM requests all the time but um, I would recommend shooting me an email at theaodcollective.com Um, that's your best bet of doing it, but tag me in your stuff. I'm always here to talk like set, like I said, community building, love my coaching, love my consulting, uh, love making money off doing the shit that I love doing. So that's, that's where you can find me.
0: It's awesome. People are, uh, loving what you're doing. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, man. Glad we ran
2: into you.